Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore. Welcome to Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. Tonight, we will be discussing God's greatest intentions. We'll be, we will be talking about what happens when life starts going off course and you end up in places that you've never expected to be. You don't end up and your desired intention in life. We're going to discuss what the Bible says and what does God say. But as always, before we get started, we will open up in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lying down last night, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before in our life. We just ask you, Lord, just to bless us in a mighty way as we go through this show tonight. Bless those who log in and listen. Bless those who are online listening, Lord. We ask you to bless this ministry of man in the mirror. Help us just to, you know, do what you would have us to do in life. Lord, help us just to show others about you. Talk about what you have us to talk about, Lord, and just show more understanding of what thus says the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done and are going to do. And we ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Michelle, I'd like to thank you for coming in tonight. I know we've all had a long day today. And um, just want to just applaud you because, you know, it's not easy trying to keep up with this show. Many things <laughs> happen, many things go on, but we got to keep it moving. All right, I'm learning that, that it's not easy keeping up with it, but we do it anyway. And what I'm going to do is read a little bit about tonight's show, and we're going to get into um, the discussion as people start to log on, people start to come on, and I'm going to let you, you know, you know, I know you had a chance just to do a little research, you know, get some feedback from you as well. Okay. Uh, tonight's episode, I wrote, I love what God, I love God because he's always using other people to encourage me and comfort me and tell me that everything's going to be okay. I will be honest with you guys. I'm not perfect, and I have my moments when I'm going through, and I say to myself, is God really here? Have you ever asked that in the show, talking about is God really here? Have you ever thought about that? Um, yeah, of course I have. I think we all at times, especially when we're going through some, you know, hard trials and tribulations or the manifold trials and tribulations, I think we all have a moment of, you know, God, I just, I don't feel you. I don't, I don't feel you moving in the situation yet. So I, I think that, that every one of us can say that we've had a moment like that. Okay, good. And, um, I know at times, like I said, we I have to be honest, I've asked that question. I know we all ask that question, especially when things are just turned upside down and inside else. And please tell me I'm not the only one who's felt like that. You know, we've all felt like that. Last week I ran into an old colleague of mine, and I told her that I've been through some things. And she just looked at me and said, the devil peeked into my future and knew that something special and wonderful was there. Somewhere in my future, God was going to use me, and Satan knew it. 
I looked at her and said, you just read a sentence from my book, and you haven't even read it yet. So that when I ran into that person, I'm like, wow. You know, that's, you know, that's when you know that God is actually talking. And then I can go on to show and say, then something else happened. As I'm taking this class, and one night last week, a classmate said, she said something special, had something special to share with us. She mentioned that she heard on a radio talk show about the story of Joseph. She mentioned that the main thing was about what Joseph said to his brothers. You intended it for wrong, but God intended it for good. We're, we're all in that class, and we all made mistakes in the past, but God allowed us to be in that class. Out of 40 people that were interviewed for this class, 11 made it and were working hard. And all I can say is that's God. The, the devil meant our past to keep us down, but God said not so. And, you know, when you get confirmation like that, it really intrigues me because it makes me go back and start reading that, you know, story of Joseph because if we know the story of Joseph, Joseph Brothers, and I did a little research, went back way back when we were all small when Donny Osmond came out with the Technicolor Dreamcoat. That was just Hollywood's version of the story of Joseph. That was Hollywood's version of the story of Joseph. And Joseph had that beautiful coat that his father made him. And um, and his father and his brothers were jealous because he was the favorite. So instead of being good brothers, they decided that they, hey, look, you know, father's always sending him down here to check on us. Next time he come, we're going to, you know, we're going to kill him. But when he came, they chickened out. They said, well, let's just sell him to the Midianite traders. Excuse me. Let's just sell him to the Midianite traders, um, sell him into slavery. So that way we ain't got to worry about it. And what did they do? This is the paraphrase version. You have to go back. And Genesis um, 50, go back to Genesis 49 to 50, and that should be it. But um, <clears throat> when they were, they decided they weren't going to kill him but sell him. They took an animal's blood, a wild animal's blood, and put it on a coat and went back to their father and said, well, this is, you know, what happened to, you know, our brother. And so all that time that um, – he was sold into slavery. Then, you know, he was sold, and I want to get it right, sold, um, let me get it, who, okay, he was sold to one of the chief officials in the house of Potiphar. And when he got that job, he was actually a learned man. He went through some trials and tribulations, but he ended up being one of the greatest rulers and all of the land, and in charge of what was going on, and the um, and that uh, here we go. Joseph, I brothers, he was sold to yeah, he was sold to one of Potiphar's um, high officials, and you know sometimes when the the schemes of the devil are trying to get us down. God those think people in our lives, things in our lives to redirect us, and I, I said this earlier on my on pre-show, redirect us like a GPS. So as they were trying to do something bad, God was redirecting Joseph's life. A lot of us don't understand that. We get all fickled and dis, discombobulated when things are happening. But God was there using that spiritual GPS to make things, you know, redirect Joseph's life the whole time because his brother's going to sure he was dead. He was gone. You know, he sold his soul into slavery. But God said not so. That spiritual GPS was moving him around to the point where God wanted him to be. Yeah, his brothers meant harm. His brothers meant real harm. You know, sometimes we do get angry with our brothers and sisters, but we sure enough don't think about selling them. Have you ever thought about selling your, your family, Michelle? Every day. No. I'm just oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. She said that on the t- on it. On oh, Lord. All right. My bad. But, um. Wrong day. Wrong day. Wrong day. Wrong day. Okay. I'm sorry. But, um, we'll work. We'll pray for you, sister. But, um. 
they they were so angry with him that they sold him to get rid of them. Now, and today we won't think of it. They may get on our nerves, but we ain't thinking about it. Except in the show, we're not thinking about you know, all of them are getting rid of them. What we're doing is today we got to pray for them. You know, we don't we don't want to get rid of them. We don't want to you know people have to deal with us and our issues. We all have issues, but they were just jealous. But they did not know that God was using them. Every, everything that they did, God was still in control. God was still in control. He had that spiritual GPS, and he was leading Joseph right where he wanted Joseph to be. And another point that we that I made inside the discussion, um, I researched and got found. Someone else said, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, Genesis 50, 20. And Genesis, after his brothers had perpetrated wrong against Joseph, he told them essentially what you meant for evil, God intended for good. We are all faced with situations that seemingly will overwhelm and defeat us. We ask God, God, why is this happening? And I asked that earlier. Remember, when life seems to be out of control, that what the devil means for evil, Jesus will turn it around. If you're in the middle of an evil attack by the enemy, if you're in that storm, if you're just going through, realize that the matter is not over. If if you will keep your eyes on the Lord, he will turn situations around to you. Remember the word says, with God, all things are possible. So we just we, we have to realize that. Um, I want you guys to call in at 917-889-2271. I'm logging at www blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. We are discussing God's greatest intentions. God's greatest intentions because many times when we go through life, life intends to knock us down and keep us down. But that's not what God wants in our life. He wants us, when I talk to some of my colleagues, um, at, you know, we're all going through. We've all been through. But when you hear confirmation like I did last week, is you know what? Then God God's got it. God's got it. You have any situations that's going on in your life right now? Any comments, Michelle? Well, I I just wanted to comment that uh, I was sitting under, I want to say it was at at your church, actually, one of the the ministers uh, doing Sunday school. I'm trying to remember, but I don't remember exactly the situation. But anyway, it was talking. Uh, they were talking about when God, you know, is when you're waiting to hear from God on a certain situation, and that's what it made me think about. You know, when you're when you're in that silence, when you don't hear anything from God. So some people begin to think that He's not moving on their behalf. Or, you know, they've done something wrong and, you know, he's not responding or answering their prayers at that time. People think all sorts of things. And I know because I've I've been there as well and thought things like that, you know, when I was going through. But uh, we do do need to remember that silence, people always act as, as if silence is the no. But silence is not the no when you're asking God for something, when you're praying about a situation, when you're going through something and, you know, you're just praying for comfort or whatever. Silence does not mean no. Silence just means not yet. And so, you know, people say that all the time that, you know, sometimes God, you know, he just says no to something. But I, I believe that when God is quiet at times, you know, they, that we need to become a little more introspective. It may be that he is working on our behalf at the very moment when he's quiet. It may be that really is something we can do and it's not something God needs to do. So he's waiting for us to realize that it could be all sorts of situations. So when, when you, when you're thinking you're not hearing from God or God is not leading you in something at that particular moment, then that's the time when you just thank him for whatever it is that he's doing 
And then also you want to just become a little more introspective. Just think about, you know, well, is this a situation I can really handle myself? Or am I, you know, asking for something that God doesn't even need to get involved in? You know, sometimes we do that. We God gives us the way, like the way is right in front of us, and we keep praying to him for the way when the way is right there in our face, and, and we're not seeing it, we're not realizing it, because we're too caught up in some big grand gesture that we're looking for God to do. So I think that that's important to remember as well. And it reminds me of that story when people, I guess it's like a joke, that people saying, like, you know, you keep praying to God to save you, like you're in a flood, praying for God to save you, and he sends a boat, and you tell mm-hmm. the boat, no, mm-hmm. God's going to save me. And tell, You know, it's it's that. We do that. We really do that. That was like a parable, like something, you know, Jesus would have taught. That's a, that's a parable, but it's likened to reality what we actually do a lot of the time. So we... We really need to think about that when we're thinking, oh, I'm not hearing from God. Excellent. And I do I do like that parable because I was taught that years ago. And I'll actually tell it. It's like a flood has happened. Everybody's getting saved. <clears throat> and the guy's basically wading in the water or, you know, he's just there in the water and a boat comes by. He says, "Oh, you want to you want to get in? We can help you." He said, "Oh no, God's good. God's going to help me. I'll, I'll just sit here and wait." And he's still paddling the water. Boat goes on. Paddle. Another boat comes by. You want some help? Oh no, I'm cool. God's going to. God got me. I'm waiting on God. Okay. Boat goes by. He's still there. You know, just waiting in the water. Just you know, just trying to hold on from drowning. Another boat comes by. You need, hey, buddy, you need some help? Oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. So he eventually drowns. And he gets to heaven and asks God, well, why didn't you save me? And what did God say? I sent you three boats. <laughs> so, you know, that's it's like, yeah, it's kind of funny, and it's not because God is trying to tell us, you know, he is there. And I love the story of Joseph because if we really get in depth, that spiritual GPS was moving Joseph, not just to say, to be in the right place, because if you read it, he says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive, because a famine was in town, a famine was there, and people don't realize God put Joseph there to make sure that he was going to make sure that there was enough food and grain to go around for everybody, even when his brothers came. And I know they were scared. They had to be scared because it's like when they when he finally revealed himself to his brothers, I know they probably was, you know, excuse my, excuse my friend, probably was peeing on themselves because they're like, oh, my. You know, they wanted to know if he was really mad, still mad at them. And today, today's world, people probably would be mad. But back then, Joseph still had a love for his family because he knew in his mind, being the man of God that he was at that time, that God was using him in a more powerful way than he ever thought of because he said, I was the one that God gave the visions to, to be able to um, remember the fat calves and the skinny calves and the fat grain and the skinny grain, and they thought, oh, we ain't going to be bowed down to you. See, God was actually revealing stuff to Joseph early in his life that guess what? There's going to be seven years of good grain and then seven years of famine. So within that seven years of harvest, you, you, you better do what's right to do what's right, because God is trying to bless all of us. Within that seven years, you know, God is saying, hey, look, you know, this is the seven years, and he told the king, it's going to be seven years of famine and seven years, uh, you know, seven years of good harvest and seven years of famine. So we better do what we got to do within this seven years of, of harvest to save up, store up. So when that seven years of famine come, 
And when Joseph brothers had to approach them, because they ran out of food. So, you know, the father sent them up. Jacob had to send him up, send them up to go get food for the family. So um, when he got there and they seen him, he wept. And he had to reveal himself to them. And he had to tell them, yeah, I understand. Trust me, they was they were in fear. But you now, how would you do in a, in a situation like that, Michelle? Said, how would I do? I, uh-huh. I don't know. I have no idea. Let's hope I make the decisions that Joseph made. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard because you know when when we go through life, we might as well say life situations. People hurt us. People do things, and we're trying to figure out why. You know, why is this happening to us? Like I said in the beginning, why is it, why are these people treating me this way? But sometimes God is using that spiritual GPS to, you know, get us where he wants us to be. Because sometimes we, we go, you know, we think we know where we're going. Most men, and I will attest, think they know where they're going when they're driving somewhere. If they don't turn a GPS, they think, you know, they don't turn their GPS on, and it's funny. I'll bet, you know, the old scenario when the women way back when are trying to tell him to go this way. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. And they then went around in circles three times, wasting gas and energy. And then he finally starts to listen. But that's, you know, when God is trying to use spiritual things that he puts in our life to get us to where he needs us to be. We won't understand it. Trust me. We won't understand it. We think, whoa, whoa, it's me. Sometimes God has to use those situations. You know, those are what we call, like today's show, God's greatest intentions. He's intention, his greatest intentions is for us to be where he needs us to be. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah uh, Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. And we are talking this evening about God's greatest intentions. You know, the story of Joseph. Um, where his brother, he told his brothers what you meant for evil or wrong. God meant it for good because there's going to be many things that happen to us, many things we don't understand. But, you know, God had a way of saying, look, I'm going to turn this around. And he's out there to try to turn all our lives around. He wants us to know that it's not over. It's a song out there. I was trying to find it, but I didn't find it. But, you know, the the songwriters keep saying, it's not over. It's not over. You know, it's not over. Many times we think it's over, but it's not. We have to know that God has the last say, and God is always going to keep pushing us. He's going to keep – he loves us that much that he's not going to let anything he wants us to be up there in heaven with him. He he loves us that much, but he's not going to let anything happen to us. He's not going to let anything happen to us. Um, mm-hmm. Amen, amen, amen. And, and that's the story like of my um, life. That's, go I ahead. was going to say, like Maria had chimed in, or Healing Through Hurt chimed in uh, in the chat room, and she was, uh, talking about the quiet times are the times when God is working extra hard to bring us through. True. Amen. Those quiet times. Many of us don't like those quiet times. Many of us definitely don't like those quiet times because we want to like, anybody home? Is this thing on? You know, you want to talk to somebody. And mm-hmm. But again, again, Joseph went through. Joseph actually, you know, Joseph was locked up. You know, he was locked up. You know, he interpreted dreams. He interpreted dreams and like, okay, make sure I get the story straight. Yeah, Joseph Master yeah, took him and put him in prison. Joseph Master took him and put him in prison in places where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was in prison, he was there interpreting dreams. And everybody came out. Um, one dream that he did interpret was uh, Baker, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It was the baker, and he said, well, when you go, remember me. Now, how many of us ever been in a situation where you tell somebody remembering you and they forget you? They okay, but they forget about you. How many of us ever been in this situation? That's a rhetorical question. <laughs> well, yeah, you can you can answer it. Go ahead. Oh no, I didn't want to answer it. I was just asking. Well, we've all been in. Um, Joseph interprets two prisoners' dreams. That's in chapter forty. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each of his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpret. Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them, and Pharaoh's cup and placed it in the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said, this is the interpretation. The three branches are three days, and three days Pharaoh will lift up his head and restore you to office, and shall, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand for as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me. Remember, he said, remember me when it's well with you, and please do me the kindness of, to mention me to Pharaoh out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. When the chief baker saw the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, As I also had a dream, there were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were also sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days, and three days Pharaoh will lift up, his, up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but the, hanged the chief baker, and Joseph had interpreted as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph got him. But we got to remember, that just tells us that, you know, when we tell people remember us, they, nine, nine times out of ten, they won't. And God had to restore Joseph back. God had to bring Joseph to the place he was so he can actually help Pharaoh and his time of need. What do you think about that, Michelle? Well, I think that... <laughs> We we have to be. I was looking at the story of Joseph, of um, Joseph as well. Just seeing, um, you know, down to the end when he had that dream about when he had the dream in the beginning, and then they actually were put in that position to bow down to Joseph, and mm-hmm. because. Because of the dream, or it's almost like because he he told them about the dream, it started everything um, rolling 
where though they they begin to want to get rid of him. And mm-hmm. then it was that period of silence that we had been talking about. It was that period of silence that we had been talking about that was in between that. He did, you know, things happened. He had the dreams and everything like that. But so God was still with him, but still in jail the whole time. So, you know, when we when we are going through something, you know, this was a long period, a very, very long period that he was in jail and, and just waiting to try to get out. And so things don't always happen in our time frame, but when they do happen, we need to, you know, sometimes I think we're just so happy for the foolishness or whatever was going on to be over, but we really need to be able to look back and see how God has moved and brought us through. And we, I don't think we do that sometimes because that will help us to really know what God, you know, has brought us through. We need to take the time to reflect and praise God when we have these moments, when we experience this this um, silence or we feel like God may not be moving in the way that we would want him to move and we're just in this wait period. And we were talking about that uh, um, on the show a while ago, what to do in the waiting period, what to do in the wait while we're waiting. And one of the things or some of the things that were brought out is is remaining um, faithful to God, and also we need to keep praying. We need to keep praising God. We need to keep thanking Him, and we need to just have our faith while we're waiting, and bless others while we're waiting. So it's like things we we have, even when we don't feel like God is moving at the time, we still have an assignment. We're still supposed to be moving in the will of God and showing God's love to others while we're waiting. And that's one of the things that Joseph actually, you know, had done. He tried to help the people by interpreting their dreams because that's a gift God had given him. Most definitely. And that actually helped him. He was in his waiting period. And God was actually using him in that waiting time. And many times, you know, we, he may not, we all don't have to be in jail physically. Many times in our life, we are in jail mentally. You know, in mm-hmm. our minds, we are in jail. I've actually met people like that in real life. In their minds, they were in jail. They were in prison. And they didn't see any way out of, you know, what they were going through. They were trying, but they couldn't see any way out. Um, we are at the half hour mark. This is Man in the Mirror. With, uh, we're speaking about God's greatest intentions with your host, Hezekiah Montgomery, and co host, Michelle Johnson. You can call in at 917 889 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com/man-in-the-mirror. We have a couple notes from our sponsors and supporters, and then we'll take a brief break. Um, music Instructions for All Learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 410-370-7105. Again, 410-370-7105. And we'll set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.mufileinc.org. Um, we're also still doing a fundraiser. You know, we're raising four hundred dollars for our for the fee for our nonprofit status. Another sponsor is Kirby Boss Project. Kirby Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, and motivate and change the lives of full-figured women. Kirby chicks are boss chicks too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Kirby Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. Um, any um, comments or any more information for Kirby Boss, Michelle? 
No, coming soon, but you said it all. Thank you. Not a problem. And here is the song of the night, the song of the week. Enjoy it. Live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. And we, tonight's show is about God's greatest intentions, um, taken from the story of Joseph and the verse where he had said, Genesis 5:20. but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass that is this day to save much people alive. And we mentioned earlier about God's GPS when things start going wrong in our lives, and, and we don't know what's going on. We, we think we know. You know. We're trying to figure it out. Whereas, um, as um, Healing Through Hurt said, that, you know, sometimes God uses that quiet time to position us so he can position us where we need 
to be. That time that gives us time to pray, and I've been there. And I know many of you have been there where you don't know what to do, but the only thing you can do is pray, read your Bible, trust God. And that's one thing I love about this show, Michelle, because, you know, the, with the three R's, real people, real stories, real overcomers, and that's why I like that song um, because, you know, we can't quit. Many people want to quit. I always tell people quitting is the easiest thing to do. You know, if you got something to do, and guys, you know, quitting is the easiest thing to do, to have that steadfastness, if that's the word, to have that steadfastness. Like, you know, I got to keep going. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what's at the end of this, but I have to overcome. We we have to overcome. That's what this show is all about. It's like, you know, we're all real, we all have stories. We all have things that are going on in our lives. And that's what um, my classmate was saying. We all had something that went on in our life, but we're here right now. We're the overcomers, and we're here to overcome. And when a um, young lady, you know, said that Satan peeked into my future, you know, that was, you know, that was confirmation. Right? You know what? Confirmation when people start blessing you like that, people talking to you, that God is using these people to say, you know what? It's going to be okay. Is going to be okay. Any comments, Michelle? Oh, I was just agreeing with you. That's definitely true. And we, you know, we need. Um, there's this campaign out. I'm trying to think of the young lady who's over the campaign. There's a couple of them that are doing a um, speak life. There's a young lady, Catherine Trotter, that does speak life tour. Mm-hmm. But um. We need to we need to really realize the power of our tongue and speak into a situation. So, you know, when we are going through some things, we need to know that God will bring us through. And then we need to speak that God will bring us through. And that allows God to Amen. see to see our faith. In action, and then also that is a boost for us because you know people. I don't. I don't think people really, really believe, but the word tells us how powerful the tongue is, how powerful our tongue can be when we're speaking into our lives, and so we really need to understand the power that God gives us to speak things. Into this is, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I'm about to go like total preacher on you because I was, while I was uh, saying that, it just reminded me of, you know, how God made us in his image, which is what the word says. Mm-hmm. And one of the things mm-hmm. that God did in the very beginning, he spoke things into existence. He spoke them, the Holy Spirit carried, carried it out. And these things, the world appeared. And so we need to realize that as heirs and joint heirs with Christ and as sons and daughters of of God, that we have that power. God has instilled that power in us that we can still speak things into existence. So that's what we need to be doing every day, every single day, whether we we see God moving in that instance or not, we need to just keep on speaking it. Amen, amen. That's actually Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it love those who love it will eat its fruit. So we got or life and death is in the power of the tongue. We have to speak life. You know, we when you know what you're saying is yes, we have to continue to speak life into the situation. Is it easy? No. The word says, and we had a you know chap, we had a show on his faith. If you have a faith the size of a mustard seed, you can re- you can move mountains. Sometimes we don't have that faith. You know, sometimes we don't feel like you know speaking life, but we have to continue as Michelle, as you said, preacher, that we have to continue <laughs> speaking life because you know. 
the life and death. If we speak life, we're going to speak life. We're going to speak that situation to existence to do as we want it to do. The situation is not going to take over us. We will take over that situation. We definitely have to continue taking over those. We definitely have to continue taking over those situations. You know, God, God has been good to all of us. You know, he wakes up every day. We have food in our, you know, we have food in our refrigerators. You know, we have fuel for our cars. We take things for granted. But when we're going through life and these situations are, how shall I say, topsy-turvy, turvy-topsy, when we don't know what to do, we, as Nichelle said, have to speak life. And then we have to, you know, allow God to use his spiritual GPS because what we want for our lives, God may not want that because mm-hmm. he's trying to get us where he wants us to be, not where we want to be. Trust me, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Because many times we have, when we grow up, when we're born, we go to school, I want to be this, I want to be that. But that's not, that may not be in God's plan. So when we, you know, when we're going through these life situations, as Joseph went through, his brothers hated him. I mean, they despised him enough to sell him. But then God had to use that for Joseph's good. Yeah, was it comfortable? Nope. Who wants to be locked up? That's part of God's plan. I didn't mm-hmm. think Joseph wanted to be locked up. Who wants to be like, remember me when you, you know, one one guy got, remember me. Well, years before that, before they, you know, Joseph had to interpret another dream to, you know, to get in the presence of the king. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, where were you when I, I asked you to remember me? So where were you? But people do well, that's that. Just a, because that's, that's just a reminder that we can't, we can't, um, and I, I've always said this, and, and some people have taken it the wrong way because I guess like they're acting like I'm, I'm or they think that I'm coming down on people. When I say mm-hmm. this, is to, to show how great God is because I tell people in the blink of an eye, like you can't, you cannot depend on man. And we're not supposed to depend on man. We're supposed to depend on God. And God can use man to bless us even when he doesn't even want to. And that's mm-hmm. the crazy thing about it. If we are if we're totally depending on God, he will use the very man who cursed you to bless you. How much more important is it to depend on God than to, to depend on man? Because man gets tossed to and from with their emotions all day long. So I might be nice to you in this second because I had a good day, but the next second after somebody makes me upset, I'm not so nice, I'm not so friendly, I'm not so generous. And so if we're always depending on man, then we're depending on an ever-changing, emotional, out-of-balance person. So we need to depend on God. Yeah, those emotions. I always tell you, try to tell people, God is not a God of emotions. And many people, you know, depend on the emotions. It's, it's almost like they become firecrackers. And our God is not that type of God. Our God is not that type of God. He is not that type of, he's not a God of emotions. Because if our God was a God of emotions, we all be done. We all done for, literally. Mm-hmm. We all be done for. <laughs> we all be in trouble. Why? And God is not a man because, that he should lie. Right. You know, we'd all be in trouble. Because just like, you know, when we get emotional, we just change our mind on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We get emotional. We change our mind. If we say we're going to do something, well, I'm mad now, so I ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Or I'm upset. Okay. So you know what? No, I didn't worry about it. I changed my mind. We change our mind like we change our underwear sometimes, and that's crazy. Oh, my. <laughs> but 
It's crazy. Some people may not change their underwear. I don't know. But um, no, 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 no. But um, we we can't be like that. But we are, and we got to thank the Lord that God is not like that. Because if God was like that, we you know we'd be in trouble. You know, you know, and He's not a guy. If He said He's going to do something, it's going to be done. So if He tell He's going to do something and you don't like it, well. You better start praying real hard and talking to the Lord. Uh, you know, maybe he there's stories like that in the Bible. Stories like that in the Bible that they prayed enough and they turned back around. Go ahead. There's stories like that when they did pray hard and God changed his mind at that moment. But again, as Michelle said, God is a God. He does not lie. He will not, won't not lie. So we have to remember that he has nothing but the greatest intentions for us, regardless of what it looked like, regardless of what it smelled like, regardless of what it seems like. When that, even if he's still walking up that tunnel, you don't see, you don't see a thick of light, but you just keep walking because sooner or later, you will see a light at the end of that tunnel. Any comments, Michelle? I just wanted to read um, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. And it says, uh, and I'm actually going to read from the Amplified Bible, which I really, really love because it it gives you um, other meanings for words that are used in the Bible. So it says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place, that is, to test the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's suffering, keep on rejoicing, so that when his glory, filled with his radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. And so basically, um, that's saying that, yeah, we, we will suffer as Christ suffered, which is what the word tells us, that we will suffer as Christ suffered. But also the word tells us that we will uh, be able to enjoy and be a part of God's glory in, in the end. And so over that part, we can rejoice. So even though we're going through some things right now that we may not like or may not feel good to our flesh, because it's really our flesh, that it's affecting, it's it's not affecting our spirit, it's in our flesh. Um, we we just need to remember that there is a prize at the end. There's an end to the story. Like people say this a million different ways. We already won. We already had the victory. We already overcame. God has already declared it. We're already going to be victorious. So, you know, we we know that, we hear that, but we need to really lay hold and lay claim to what the what the Bible says, what the Word says, is that in the end, we win. So while we're going through something now, you know, we know that there is an end to this and that the end, if we remain faithful to God, he remains faithful to us. Amen. You preaching up a storm tonight, lady. Johnson. I don't know about all that now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we we have to stay in the game. Many times, people don't. You know, if you're in a basketball game, baseball game, football game, you're going through. You're going through. Some of those football players are hurting sometimes when they're playing football. Those baseball players mm-hmm. muscles start hurting. You know, whatever game you're playing, yeah, you're going to start getting a little sore. You got two two choices. I'm going to stay a game. I'm in it to win it, but I'm in it to complete it. Or you can come out and people are going to look at you like you're funny, you know, because, you know, no one's a quitter. When it's time for you to go in, it's time for you to go in. You mean that sometimes we're not ready to go in the game. But if we know that the, with the word says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Once we start Amen. trusting God and knowing that God is in it, then we know he got our back. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, as Michelle said earlier, 
we have to start speaking life. Life and death, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have to speak life to all situations, regardless of what it looked like. We have to have that say God has to know that hey, speaking life into this. And God is going to be there. He's going to do his he's going to do whatever you ask him that you need done. It may take a little time. Sometimes it comes out instantaneously. Sometimes it may not. But knowing that we're not abandoned, you know, he has not abandoned us. He won't abandon. He said, I'm going to be with you even to the end of the world. So we have to know that he has not abandoned us. He won't abandon us. He loves us that much. Many of us are parents, and we know we don't, we want, you know, we want to abandon our children. They may drive us crazy, may get on our nerves, but we're going to be there. As a parent, we're going to be there, and he is our father. He is our daddy. You know, we can come to him and say, Abba, Father, you know, because he wants us just to turn to him and know that, you know what, regardless of what's going on, I got you. I got you. You ain't got to worry about, you know, you ain't got to worry about anything. Um, you're listening live with Amanda Mara, with, um, with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. We're winding down the last few minutes. Um, Michelle, any um, any last words? I just wanted to bring out something that I, I um, just recently heard in service. Um, the minister, he he was just taking us through this walk and showing us how, you know, God, and the word that God knew us from our very beginning, he knew us before we were even in the womb. He knew us as we were forming in the womb. And before we were even born, he already knew what our destiny was, what our purpose was, what we were coming to this earth to carry out. And so knowing that, that allows you to put everything that you go through into perspective. And one of the things that I always try to do is when I'm going through for whatever reason, I really try to buckle down and figure out it. Is there a lesson in this for me, for my growth, for my better? Um, And then God may be taking you through some things just to strengthen your faith in him. But either way, we have to take comfort in the fact of knowing that God already knows our purpose. He already knows what we were brought here to carry out. And so anything that we go through is going to be a part of that shaping and molding that is occurring to make us in the end whatever it is that God has for us to do or has for us to be. Amen. 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 I'd like to thank all of those who have been listening in and and joining in in our discussion on God's greatest intentions. Just remember what others may have meant for wrong has intended it for good. And as we said tonight, it's not over. Um, If you have any questions or comments, you can put them in our event page. You know, just go there, type it in, and I'll continue. If anything, any more information that I get, I will put in there. But, again, I want you to guys remember what others may have meant for wrong, God, has intended it for good. And just remember, it's not over. This has been Hezekiah Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at the mirror.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.